Hey, Stefan. It's Stefan. You know, so this podcast is a little bit different because my co-host Mario um, is basically taking a little bit of a break today due to his busy schedule with the different guests that we have. So I'm stepping in to speak to my good friend here, Stefan. Uh, Stefan, welcome to the Vezza Talks podcast. It's great to have you. Um, I just want to say, you know, I saw you in Dublin last year for SaaS Talk and I listened to your talk and it was really inspiring to me how you how you built your, your B2B SaaS company. Uh, most importantly than that, um, I see that you're a big believer in content marketing and your YouTube channel that your company is doing, that your team is producing and your blog is probably, you know, your top 5% of the people that I've seen do a really good job on this, right? So I want to give a big shout out to you and your team for that. Um, as a marketer, I know the value of content. I know the value of SEO. I know the value, what that does in terms of community building and brand building, most importantly. And I just want to give you guys props for that. So welcome to the Vezel Talks podcast, Stefan. Yeah, thanks for the, for the, for the welcome and proper introduction. And uh, always good to receive some credits from an expert like uh, yourself, Stefan. Yeah, definitely. You have such an inspiring story. You know, in your in your 20s, you were a sales rep for, for was it Yellow Pages, like the Yellow Pages of Netherlands? Yeah. yeah. So, and then from there, you, you migrated. You know, you, you've had your own personal development, your journey to becoming a founder at 39 of a, of a bootstrapped, successful uh, B2B SaaS company for, you know, for salespeople to do proper outbound marketing on LinkedIn. You know, why don't you take the next five minutes, man, just... Tell me your story. How did you get started? What led you to this? And, and, and where are you going, most importantly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it may look like an overnight success for all the people uh, out there or who follow me on Twitter, for example. But uh, yeah, it took me a lot of effort and, 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 and even more mistakes and lessons learned. And indeed, in my early, well, let's say my mid-20s, after I studied marketing, I started uh, quite enthusiastic uh, working in outbound sales at the Yellow Pages, at that time point, one of the biggest sales organizations in the Netherlands, the, the, the country where I live. And um, after a while, it, it, it actually went really well, but it get, got bored as well. So I started from there to, to, to build my own things. And we took 500k VC money together with my current co-founder. He's kind of the technical magician from the both of us. I'm just a marketing guy with, uh, who, who tells the nice stories. And uh, yeah, we managed to get uh, 500k investment for a health app. And at the end of the days, after one year, we burned out of money. We never launched. And uh, it's, yeah, it, 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 it was the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey on my own. So it, it, it yeah, it, 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 much worse than that uh, 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 could it happen. But yeah. After a while and a depression later, I, I, I got uh, wrapped up myself and uh, actually one question kept me always triggered during my uh, 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 marketing experiences. Uh, uh, that 100, let's say 100 visitors uh, visited the website, only 2 or 3% take uh, contact out of a website. So that question kept me triggered and it was the start of building an and uh, a local IP tracking software, a bit similar like Albert Cross Lead Forensics Lead Feeder. So we managed it as a side hustle with sort of a traditional marketing to push it uh, uh, maybe within two years to, to, to somehow managing thousand subscriptions. The only mistake we made was first of all that we didn't spend that much attention on the data behind. 
Uh, so first of all, it was only local, so we were limited in selling it uh, outside of our country, like an international uh, SaaS application. Um, and we found out that a lot of people, they really like these type of software. It's just interesting to see who's visiting the website, what, 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 what's, what's happening there for marketing purposes. And the ones who want to leverage it for sales and outreach purposes, they all were challenging at that time point. And I'm talking about six years ago, what's actually the best way to follow up. So I saw some strange things happen. They called to the reception. Hey, Stefan, it's Stefan here. I saw that maybe per accident, one of your colleagues visited my website and uh, I have no clue what you're talking about. And then it ends up and after hearing that a couple of times, they're blaming us as a providers yeah. because they don't like to do outreach. They have no clue how to approach it. And that question kept me triggered and it forced me to think about ways to do acquisition on a bit of a more modern way. So I jumped on LinkedIn five years ago as a newbie. I had 143 connections and somehow never leveraged it for uh, commercial approaches. So I pivoted with it. I spent all my time in learning more about uh, leveraging LinkedIn for, for outbound. And within a couple of months after mastering some uh, basic skills there, uh, it became my number one lead channel. So I documented all the things I did, I uh, wrote sort of a playbook about the actions, uh, how I optimized my profile, how I leveraged Sales Navigator to find uh, the right audiences and um, which sequences I used to approach these people. So I start taking on some complaining customers from my Lead Express software to do the job for them. And after managing five accounts, I was running totally out of time, mainly because I have two left hands. And I only had one Excel sheet and it wasn't manageable at all. So I thought, let's be clever, try to search for some automations, which can at least automate some repetitive tasks. And uh, yeah, it was the beginning of my journey in the, in, in, in the niche where we operate right now with Expandi. I found a bunch of tools, most of them Chrome extended, a bit of a gray area, not illegal, not forbidden by law, but somehow LinkedIn was not amused with all these cool guys, which can do a trick on LinkedIn. So um this advantage at that moment was that they were all designed for single users and if you want to run one automation or do one trick on one profile it works perfectly fine but if you, you know, wanted to leverage it at that time point uh, from agency perspective managing 10 accounts running a b tests and um, multiple more things it became a headache so out of frustration we we decided to 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 build our own tool uh, focused on agencies and people who manage more accounts. We build it a bit more seamless in comparing to the to the to the tools out there at that time point in the cloud with dedicated IPs and an intelligent architecture behind it. And uh, that is how we uh, yeah, we came up to us idea of expanding and also my journey, which took me eight years uh, with the, the the huge the largest failure I could make is burning uh, 500k VC money before we launch a product up until the moment that we came up with the ID for expanding. Hey, money comes and goes, you know, it's like half a million dollars is half a million dollars. Like that money now, the knowledge you probably learned from that, that it propelled you and accelerated you to where you are today, man, I think, I think that was the tuition that you had to pay. And I mean, you didn't really pay for it. It was OPM, other people's money, right? You just have that experience um, that you built up. So I think that's, that's really powerful. And, and how you bootstrap because you don't probably you didn't want to go through that that 
raise again and, and you know talk, talk to investors convince investors report to investors all these different things and you basically said you know what i'm better than this and and i can see you went and you built it on your own so um really really good work there you said one thing that that really resonated with me and that was you know looking at websites to always improve the conversion rate right i think that is obviously in b2b SaaS, in for marketing agencies as well for ourselves we always do it we're constantly looking for ways to improve our websites and the websites for our clients and partners you know and these different tools on the market today there's obviously you know this there's an abundance of tools out there and there's many different things you can use in a stack uh, to give you relevant data to make a better decision right but end of the day you know it, it does come down to the operator of these tools and what kind of intuition they have when it comes to using these tools to better understand how they can convert their website better right and and one thing that I learned actually, you know, a year and a half ago, but yesterday I had a breakthrough with with one of our clients is, you know, it comes down to your ICPs, like how well do you know your ideal client profiles, right? Based off of that, then you can actually tailor your messaging, your buttons, your colors, all of these cool little yeah. gimmicks on the website, right? And so um, how's your experience in that? You know, like wh who is your, IC your ideal ICP right now with with uh, with your company? Yeah, it's an uh, interesting question as I, I also see that mainly people try to design something who's fit uh, uh, for everyone and then at the end of the day you, you, you doesn't serve uh, 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 someone. So we in the beginning designed uh, Expandi for agency owners and people who were managing multiple accounts as we thought they already in love with LinkedIn. They leveraging already automation tools. I was a former agency owner myself, so I resonates with 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 with, uh, uh, with them. Um, and they were managing multiple accounts, so they bring in a bunch of accounts, and we only need needed to make one sale. I didn't need it to sell LinkedIn and automation neither, as they were already leveraging it. So that was how we started and how we uh, uh, took off. Um, if we if we do an analyze now based on uh, the people who are leveraging Expandi, then you see then that it's actually not only agency owners with a lead gen service, it can be agency owners with, with recruitment services, so actually recruitment agencies, uh, we see sales teams, we see individuals, uh, want to leverage it for marketing purposes to just gather data, and for example, scrape posts from influencers or from uh, people, uh, interesting people in their niche, with a lot of engagement and use that for retargeting purposes so they they gather the they scrape the data they enrich it uh, they export it and they run uh, retargeting on it or try to attract people for uh, webinars they, they they host so we see a diversification in people who are leveraging our software um, but i should say mainly agency owners recruiters salespeople and teams mm -hmm, mm -hmm. interesting you know we from time to time we get asked from our partners and clients to basically set up outbound marketing systems for them right and you have the basically the system to do it but when it comes to the organization of the people normally what we do is we're actually gonna let's say we have a client and they have 10 sdrs right mm -hmm. but they t they have a software that basically you know it can be used in any market as long as they're having an event right whether it's offline event or online event so normally what we would do is we would actually you know build lists using different tools 
right? Different CRM enrichment tools. And we would assign each SDR uh, basically to a certain either niche or geography, right? So if it's a niche, let's say it's a ticketing company and their niche is, you know, summer fairs, right? So they're only targeting summer fairs, right? And so we optimize their LinkedIn for summer fairs. We optimize their dedicated landing pages on the website for summer fairs. We basically optimize all of their communication um, that's outbound automated, obviously, in ways that resonates with that ICP, right? And so then what we do is after we build these lists, we enrich these lists, we then scrub these lists to make sure, you know, it's all legit. We then turn on our outbound systems, right? So we do a combination of email and LinkedIn for these people. And then obviously, you know, in these tools, you can go, you can basically comment on their posts, you can like their posts, you can basically um, follow them, you know, endorse them, do all these cool things, right? Just to get the visibility and the impression stuck in their mind when you do when you do reach out to them after three or four engagements with a phone call, right? It's like, oh yeah, yeah I've heard of you, right? And, and that is our measurement of KPI when the SDR can hear from this person saying, yes, I've heard from, I've heard about you or I heard about this solution, right? And so you come in, you turn it from cold to warm, right? Or maybe even just lukewarm, you know, and then yeah, it's up to the SDR to do. That's what you want to achieve, exactly. And so um, we do strategies like that all the time, right? For when it comes to outbound marketing. So segmentation by market, understanding the language these people speak, putting all the automation tools in the way to get from cold to lukewarm, and then it's in the SDR's hand to turn them into a sales qualified lead and nurture that relationship. So what kind of advice do you have for SDRs at, at B2B SaaS companies that wanna do outbound LinkedIn or outbound email, you know, based off of, of your experience? Yeah, at the end of days, uh, uh, tools are uh, uh, just an instrument to, 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 to bring you sometimes maybe f f faster to, to, to a certain uh, uh, goal so that you can just spend your, your time more valuable. Uh, so I should not let it depend on, on, on a specific tool or uh, uh, see it like that. I think overall, um, we, we are all used to leverage LinkedIn on a certain way, which was mainly focused on uh, spray and pray approaches and doing mass outreach, right? With, right. Uh, with, 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 with a huge scrape, uh, we build a list and we add as much as possible people into a certain campaign and then execute on it with connections and uh, mainly follow-up messages up until the moment that someone replied. And I think... It worked perfectly fine for, for all of us. It was making quite a nice, decent, and uh, 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 most of all easy money as we could duplicate these strategies for uh, all our customers. If I speak from my own agency experiences, up until the moment that LinkedIn decided uh, more than one year ago, okay, stop. Up until here, we're gonna do it differently. And if you want to stay on the platform, you need to change your approach as we try to avoid spam. So instead of uh, sending 100 requests a day, they limited it to a max of 20. And I think from that moment on, I saw a huge change in, okay, LinkedIn want to separate the boys from the men's. And I got approached by, I think more than 100 agency owners, not even our own users, who were a bit of in panic. Hey, LinkedIn is cracking down. What I have to do? I had, do you do you have workarounds to bypass these these limits? And not even one single person, and that was for me the most shocking thing, was asking me, "Okay, Stefan, uh, LinkedIn is changing. How should I behave to become sort of a healthy user?" They were all asking mm -hmm. for. Ways to Shortcuts. bypass, yeah, to, 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 oh, yeah. can I send open emails? Can I do this? Can I send group campaigns? Can I bypass these limits? And 
that was a bit of a shocking as I think that LinkedIn is moving into a direction where they want you first of all a creator and they sort of force you or hope you contribute towards that creator economy. So I think aside of that I also see that LinkedIn is very pleased if you host events. They make it quite easy to do it. Within a couple of minutes you can set up your own online event. It can be a live webinar, a live session or just a an, 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 an regular webinar. And if you do it from a company page, it automatically opt-ins all the people who sign up, which you can leverage afterwards through wow. email or, or do that. So with taking yeah, these things in consideration, I should say it's more social engagement. So try mm -hmm. to build out authority, start creating content on a consistent way. Uh, and uh, uh, the more followers you gain, that are actually the people you want to invite to host your event and to show your in-depth expertise and follow up after these activities uh, uh, with people who uh, joined your live session and which uh, engage with the content you produce. So I should move it a bit into that direction, which will provide the same outcome as in the early days, only the way and the path towards it is a bit different. Wow, I'm going to have my demand generation team re-listen to this part of the podcast. That was some really good, uh, you just dropped some good bombs. So I think definitely, I didn't know that if you do events from the company page, you have those different benefits, right? And so um, that's actually really cool. Definitely something that we have to try and uh, and do. Um, what has been, you know, actually, let me reverse for a second. You said that we're today in a creator, creator economy, right? So hyper-personalization to create content that's relevant to your following, right? And then once you have that attention, it goes in from a creator economy to an attention economy. And then taking that attention there and then converting that attention either to, you know, partnerships, hiring talent, media, um, business opportunities, partnerships, all of that. How has, how has your journey been? Obviously, you probably use your tool and your LinkedIn. Um, so how, how has that all come into play for you? Like, what was your journey? When did you say, wow, this is actually working for me. I have to double down on this. And yeah, to, to, to be fully transparent after, after, after launching our tool a bit more than three years ago, three uh, years. You, yeah. You, you, you mentioned wow. it as well. Uh, we, we, we were bootstrapped and we just on a story, we did not even had a single penny left to think about a traditional marketing or mm -hmm. a paid advertisement so from day one we needed to be way more creative and try to define out of the box strategy so what i did mm -hmm. i spoke to a lot of growth uh, uh, marketers who just got inspired by them uh, and their uh, ideas and then i thought okay let's focus on trying to build out a uh, community with like-minded uh, people as from the moment on, I gather all these people in one safe place and they become sort of ambassadors in a later stage from me or my software, then I can leverage them way better than uh, uh, just uh, uh, approaching people outbound. So we, we did a couple of things and they still working perfectly fine. In the niche where we operate, I saw three things happen, quite simple. Um, all our competitors were just pronouncing ourselves as, uh, oh, use our tool, we 10x your results. And nobody was explaining people how to do that. How you bring these 10x results, how 
you will get me 40 appointments a week. So I started to document uh, how you can do that. I used my own profile, my colleagues' profiles, and the best out-of-the-box strategies for LinkedIn outbound and the best performing ones, I took them apart, I broke them down, the how, the why, which messages, how I connected the dots, what were the results, screenshots, proofs, everything in it. So mm -hmm. I created playbooks. Wow. And I decided to find places where I could manually, and in the beginning, they were not even SEO optimized, to distribute these playbooks and heavily invest in in, 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 in terms of time to, to, to do that. So I use my own LinkedIn profile with giveaway strategies. Yeah, so let's say I, uh, LinkedIn outreach is dead. Nobody is, uh, is uh, leveraging the right way anymore. But if you want to get 40 appointments a week, 80% uh, acceptance rate, uh, I have a guide here for you which explain it in depth how to do. Just leave a comment and I will send it to you. So it's such a giveaway strategies. It, it, mm -hmm. it, it, it helped us in these days with some engagement pots on it to boost it to 160k views on average and a couple of thousands of people who commented on it. So I decided, okay, I can do exactly the same on Facebook groups and I can do exactly the same in other types of audiences and Slack channels. And as soon as people confirm that they want to receive that guide, I will send it to them. One Amazing. on one. And in the beginning we did that manually not on LinkedIn because we leverage our own tool, but for sure. uh, from there on we asked people, hey, by the way, I also have a closed community. It's with LinkedIn outbound pros like yourself. It's 4K members in it. You want to be part of it as well. We only sharing the best tactics and strategies. So from there on we push people to the community and because the simple fact that these plays, we executed them all ourselves, so they were working. People start using them, they were satisfied, so they trusted me. Mm -hmm. And in a bit of a later stage, we tried to use myself as sort of a, the face of the brand, the go-to mm -hmm. guy for these LinkedIn strategies. And uh, But we, we relied for 90, 95% uh, on inbound marketing. Uh, and in the later stage, when we gained some profits, we invested it back in sale to let the playbooks do a better ranking in, 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 in Google. But in the beginning, we did everything manually without optimizations, just heavily on manual distribution. The good old days of just doing the, the trench work. <laughs> <laughs> so sort of, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. I love that. You know, that's something that I definitely need to do on my own LinkedIn. You know, my whole intention now with the way I'm approaching things and what works for me now is my other, my old Twitter account got deleted. I had quite a few followers there. So I had to go, not my LinkedIn, my Twitter account. And I had to go back to my older one, right? And so now building that back up now, I can see I'm back in the trenches. The mm -hmm. game has changed. It's a lot harder now to get a following. There's, you know, similar rules like LinkedIn when it comes to engagement, giving free value and engaging with people. That's obviously the key on all social media platforms. We both know that. What I like that you did is that you have that private community. And obviously in a creator economy slash attention economy, uh, community of people who are on the same path to learn a certain skill set or to get to a certain um, end destination. I think that's super, super important because, you know, just how I learned all this from you, I'm sure you got some sort of value from me uh, based on my experience, you know, and I think that's that's the core function of a community. Yeah. And I think that 
um, we can definitely, you know, learn a lot from each other. I mean, we're, we're, we're both wearing the same color t-shirt. We're both named Stefan. We're both blonde. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> a lot of similarities for sure. A lot of yeah. similarities, right? Um, that's good. And, and I want to like, just really touch on, on your company, Expandy. Am I pronouncing it right? Expandy, right? Correct. Yeah. Expandy. Where are you taking Expandy? What's, what's the vision? What's, where are you taking this company? How do you see it in a couple of years from now? Um, yeah, first of all, it, it, it's so, so somehow as it feels like a real marathon from, 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 from um, finding a solution for a problem, designing it from scratch. Um, it, 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 it outperformed my wishes uh, I had before I started it uh, uh, sort of already, or already and it took off really, really fast. Um, in the beginning, it felt like or maybe the hardest part is to have now income for 50 months and grind yeah. and hustle and, and, and hire people and build a company and keep everything a secret for my wife at home and not make that much problems. Um, but somehow at a certain point after reaching, I think, 5 million run rate in, in 14, 15 months, we reached a plateau in different areas and then I've actually found out uh, maybe it's an internal organization and uh, mm. to, 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 to change approach there, it, it, it was just, okay, maybe I'm an early stage startup founder, I like to grin, to hustle, to approach things on a growth hacking, uh, uh, with, with a growth hacking mind, without measurements, without taking processes in and bringing processes in place. So I found out I'm more early stage startup founder and actually the stage where we are and want to grow to, to a 20 million, you need uh, a lot, but definitely not the skills I master. Yeah, you need guys who can build out a process as a system, mm -hmm. who can build teams, who can motivate people, who can set KPIs. And I can't do anything of these. So um, the conclusion was to hire people who can do that. So we were in the middle of the process there to to bring in just experienced people in the company we walked the talk it's not 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 a stage where i feel very comfortable uh, i i i'm more a creator so i like more the early stage building something from scratch try to 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 to, to gain some traction and if it's not working try a different approach and work 17 hours a day and mess up all these things in the same time and experiment a lot but um, yeah, I, 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 if, if you ask just what's the, what's the goal, we want to reach 10 million this year. Uh, so everyone in the company uh, is focused on, on working towards that, uh, that, uh, that goal. We have some blockers, we need to solve things, but that is, is mainly in the organization and in the product. Great, great. That's really cool. And I like that you're differentiating yourself from the competition because of your personal brand and you're putting yourself, you're leading from the front basically, right? And I think that's super important because a lot of these companies out here aren't doing that, right? The best example of a company that did that, actually, we both on the Lem list, right? When it came to yeah. cold email marketing, exactly. he, did a he did a fantastic job because there there's many tools out there. You know, there's more tools than we can count from yeah. the enterprise level to mid-market and startup. But he did it based on his personal brand, creating and getting attention and then selling the product, right? Which is what you're pretty much doing as well. And I think that's really, really important, you know? And, and, and I like where you're taking the company, you know, change, you're at a moment of change now. It's like, do we do this? Do we do this? Hiring the right people. You're in that stage now. What it sounds like you're creating other leaders in the company to go and create their systems and their people and their teams to 
reach certain KPIs that attribute to your 10 million mark, a mark um, growth. So um, cool, man. I, li I like your story. And if a VC came to you and said, hey, I want to invest $10 million, would you take it? Uh, I, I thought about it uh, a lot and uh, I, I, I think it, it will not change change anything, maybe also due to the previous experiences, uh, how I started my entrepreneurial career and the mistakes there. Uh, I, I should say now it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's not worth to do it mm -hmm. and I should rather aim for to push it uh, as far as we can and see rare to land and, and, and not stop the journey. I like that. You know, I'm a big believer in autonomy as well. And I feel that, you know, if you if you believe in that and if you hold that true, that you can probably uh, do it without their money. You know, it's um, I talk to a lot of founders and they tell me like the grind to, to raise investment and manage and grow a company. It's it's one, it's exhausting. Two, once you raise the capital, it isn't as fancy as it sounds. Once you get it, there's a lot of you know, reporting a lot of signing off to do a lot of due diligence and, you know, it just slows down the growth of the company. And so uh, by taking that opposite approach, I, I, I think that it's really cool that you're doing that. And it's something that we're doing as well. We have an internal SaaS company as well, a sister company, Vezo White Label Marketplace um, that we're currently in the process of building. And we're obviously bootstrapping it, self-funding it, and going to go for as long as we can go to, to make that grow. Congrats on that. It's, uh, yeah. I, I think if I should relate it to myself it it it's uh, it's uh, it, it it feels in terms of achievement somehow better or mm -hmm. for a personal achievement yeah you know, for sure yeah, i guess it's for you to say definitely stefan i have one last question for you and if you were to ask yourself any question that obviously didn't ask you what would that question be <laughs> <laughs> this one always gets people by surprise yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you got me surprised uh, for sure. Um, whew. I need to came up in the next couple of seconds with uh, with a question, right? So uh, tough hey, one. You got it, me here. It's uh, it, it's all good, you know. Like, it's it's all good. It can be related around business, personal life, what you do to. Yeah, I think what's what's somehow what's what's actually because I saw different sides of of uh, of uh, of things. I was uh, broke, I uh, burned money, I made a lot of money when I was now as a, a bootstrap company. But what makes you really, really happy at the end of the day is spending time with my little son, seeing him uh, crushing it on the football pitch. And these things, no, no money can beat these, these things. That's what I found out. So Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. You don't want to be, you, you had a tweet, you know, the hustling 12 hours a day is, is the old now. It's just about cherishing your family time. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly amazing. Stefan, it was great to have you on the Vezo Talks podcast. I do look forward to speaking with you again and doing this sometime in the future, maybe in person in the Netherlands, or you come down mm. to either yeah. our Belgrade office or our Dubai office and we can definitely connect uh, and do this. Du du Dubai right sounds not bad, uh, Stefan. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's in the winter time in Europe. You know, that's yeah. what I do. I escape winter with. I, I swap summers. I follow the sun. Smart play here. Smart play. <laughs>